Hello and welcome to my podcast, The Wellbeing Bean. I'm Dan Salter and I've been known as the coffee guy for over 20 years. This is a new podcast. As some of you might be aware, I've been running No Ego, an espresso lounge and coffee roastery in Ormo on the Gold Coast. I've spent a lot of time educating coffee people and customers about the health benefits of coffee, specifically caffeine-free. And it's time to let everybody know about it here on the Gold Coast and around Australia and through the world with this podcast. FreeCaf is the next generation of caffeine-free coffee. So grab yourself a coffee, sit back, relax, walk, run, drive, whatever you're doing, and listen to this. Hello, and I'm back. It's Dan from The Wellbeing Bean, and I'm here today talking to Mags Bell. Mags Bell is an international speaker, author, and executive coach who works with major influencers and leaders around the world to cut, polish, and reset their inner diamonds allowing them to step up into leading me. She facilitates those top influencers and leaders to find their true resonance and links them to their guidance systems and own resources, freeing them up to be truly brilliant selves while creating powerful results for themselves and others. Mags Bell, welcome to The Wellbeing Bean. Hello there, Dan. How are you? Very well. In these times, it's crazy times at the moment. As everybody knows, COVID's been the uh, topic of conversation and uh, it's certainly affected everybody. So I sort of felt that Mags was was appropriate to bring in at this time because there's so many aspects that her thought processes actually cover and may be able to help everybody out there. Um, Mags, give me a little bit about you and where you started and how you got to where you are well uh first of all you'll notice that uh, i have a slight accent i didn't get that no no a a lot of people don't they think i am very aussie yeah but the accent that slightly comes through every so often is from scotland wouldn't have picked it no i i do cover it well i cover it extremely well so we moved from the UK will now be nearly 12 years ago and made this beautiful land our home so that was when I had to start from scratch so I had been in business uh, over in Scotland on my own I had started a business two years before previous to that I had been in various types of industry including at one point making money for charities and Mm. doing some uh, what we called the industrial appeal. So you, I went to many, many businesses and got money out of them, which, think about it, I was in Scotland at the time. That's not an easy thing to do. And yet I managed it. <laughs> there you are. So, and then I moved into the pharmaceutical industry, which I was there for quite a number of years. Uh, and that's really where the coaching really started. Yeah. Uh, so I, I moved into management and coached, I wasn't a natural coach, Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very much a tell manager. Yeah, right. Tell you what to do. Just go on and do it. Why yep. are you not doing it? You should be doing it like this. So authoritarian, you would call me at the time. So coaching wasn't a natural. But that's what it was back then, pretty much. Well, I think I was worse than most. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was just, uh, there was a cockiness of being young and I had been in sales for quite a number of years and done extremely well. So for me, part of it was ego. Mm. 
So I was drawn to your cafe because it said no ego, yep. which was fantastic. Yep. Uh, and yeah, in those days, I, I, a lot of people say, oh, when I was younger, you know, I wouldn't say boo to a goose, but not me. I was right in there and I was telling people how good I was. Mm. Um, whether I was, was or that not. Bravado was that bravado or was it? No, there was, there was real belief behind yep. what I was doing. And I was getting the results. So that was proof. Yeah. Uh, and then... When I went into management, uh, I'd found this thing called coaching, which I thought was a pile of shite. And, and that's Scottish for shit, um, just so you understand. And I really thought, why am I sitting in this room asking people questions when I like, just do it? It takes so long. And what I didn't realise was that many years later, I'd be helping other leaders learn how to coach mm -hmm. uh, but it became the best tool in my bag first time round to be honest I, I didn't really get it funny enough I don't know why but they put me on another coaching course and they <laughs> <laughs> kept putting you on them she's going to get the I, idea sometimes like, I, I don't know why they're doing this yeah. and when I did I had a I had a problem with one of my staff and all of a sudden I thought Ooh, maybe I could actually do something with this so I got really keen on finding more out and went back tried it worked a treat and then coaching just became part of my tool bag as a manager and then as I moved up in leadership more and more I would coach rather than just delve out what they should be doing mm. um, and it became the tool for me to develop teams in a massive way mm. And then over time, I just thought, well, why am I doing this? You know, as I climbed the tree and got really quite far up, I thought, I actually think I want to do this for myself. Uh, unbeknownst to me, <laughs> I asked myself, I thought it would be really easy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because after all, I knew how to business plan, I, you know, marketing and transport everything you know we had all of that so I'd come from like um, small business about 25 mil um, in fact we had a there was a business I helped get from 5 to 25 and then I had been in corporates so these were you know trillions of pounds let alone mm. um, the, the dollars so for me it just seemed it would be easy and then reality hit when I went out <laughs> my own and I'd go uh, marketing Oh, shit, that's me. me. Right, okay. Uh, right, I need to deliver. Delivering? Oh, that's me. Uh, sales? Oh, that's it. So all fingers pointed back at Magspell. Yep. And that was when I realised this is a different kettle of fish. Mm. So I've, I've actually been in a micro, my own micro business. I've been in small business. I've been in medium business. And I've been in corporate. So I pretty much get what it is. But to be honest with you, the the issues that are there in any of the businesses are exactly the same yeah, regardless it's just the, z the amount of zeros at the end mm. are the only difference yep. so that's a bit about Mags Bell and, and through my time uh, as a speaker it actually started when I was working in charity I had to stand up and speak to hundreds of people and that's um, where you started to learn Australian yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. Uh, and obviously <laughs> extremely well <laughs> Yep. So that's Mag's Bell right. in a nutshell. The thing I notice um, when we have our chats is the capacity to nail um, when 
there is an issue with a staff member or a, um, a situation and I come to you and talk to you about it and the hardest thing to swallow is that it's generally comes back to me. It's always the hardest thing for any of us. I hate you coming in. <laughs> it's so frustrating. It's, it's like, like, oh no, oh, it's bags again. I don't want to talk to her, but I will because I know she's right. I know right. what she's going to say. Yeah, yeah it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I suppose this was one of my biggest lessons. But, uh, you know, I said I was full of ego. I, mm. I really, I, I mean, I had results to back up. But to be honest with you, the, the ego was just nuts. It really, I really did believe I knew everything mm. at a very young age. However, as time went on and I realised, you know, oh, hang on a second, maybe, maybe, just maybe... Uh, they might be right in some areas. I can't say I'm wrong, but... <laughs> and then it got to, actually, they've got a really good point. Uh, I need to listen to that. And you then started it, to become open. Then it became, okay, I want to know what you've got to say about this. Mm. Uh, and the more that I'd done that, the easier it became. When you really look at... There was a woman called Stephanie Burns that I learned a lot from. And she was a speaker at uh, one of the national conferences. And she, 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 she's actually American, but lives in Australia. And she said to, uh, to the audience, she was talking about authenticity, but she had to take herself, she called herself trailer trash, because that was what she was brought up in the US in a trailer. She got to school, absolutely loved school and thought I really want to go to uni but there's no way we can afford that so thought I'll go into the military went into the military and then when she got there she studied engineering became top of her class was amazing at what she'd done but this was way back in the 70s so she couldn't actually go on to do the engineering so they got her to train and when she trained she was actually training her um, peer group, but as well as that, she was, t she was t doing her, um, the top echelons as well. And she had to stand to attention through her whole lesson. And when her major would say to her, Corporal Burns, I don't understand this, she'd say, sir, how did I not get that right? And how did I put that the wrong way for you? And anybody else would go, Ah, that's ridiculous. You know, how could you? And ego takes over. But the thing that it taught her was it was her total and utter responsibility to teach whoever was in front of her. Mm. And the best thing about what this woman done was every single class came out as 100% wow. because she took full responsibility. Taking responsibility. So it's that part of taking responsibility for your part in whatever happens. Mm. That's what really matters. And yet we're all too busy trying to push out blame, blame, blame. And COVID-19's an absolute stonking example. I'm, I'm of interested this. in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. A brilliant example of where instead of looking at, at I have this um, program called Leading Me. Mm -hmm. And instead of looking at me, and what I can do and how I can do it, that then you take control back. What we do is we go out the way and we look at everyone else. And it's like, oh, what is, have you seen what Jeff's doing? 
You know, Dan was out there the other day. Doing, he shouldn't be doing that. This is ridiculous. We did, and we all got on our high horse. The bit that gets me is that all you're doing is reflecting back something you have done. So breaking the rules. Mm. There isn't one of us who haven't broken rules somewhere in our lives. Mm. So when we see someone else doing it, that is our reflection. Mm. And then we get really annoyed because I'm trying to avoid. So you move your head away. I'm trying to avoid looking at that from my point of view because I didn't like me when I done it. Yep. When I broke the rules, I actually felt bad. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to blame everybody else at the moment Mm. and I'm going to see that reflection but keep pushing it back. So the more you can take responsibility for, ooh, why have I reacted in that way? Absolutely. That's really interesting. Mm. Why why am I blaming Jeff for doing... What he does is none of my business. Absolutely. You sound like my partner. (laughs) She's always doing this to me. Why are you feeling like that? Yeah. And I totally understand it. It's just sometimes at the point you can't see it, but I think you need to take uh, a breath. The the, the word can't, uh, you know what I'm going to say. Here we Uh, go. (laughs) Henry Ford once said, if you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. So. We, we go around, again, this is another we blame, you know, it's, it's really difficult, we can't do such and such. Yes, you can. Um, it's called sloppy thinking. <laughs> and I like we're that. extremely sloppy at thinking. Hmm. So it, it's being focused on the things that make you happier, the things that make you feel more in control. And to be honest, the only thing you can control, the only thing is your reactions. Hmm. That space, that space, yeah. that space between whatever's coming in, whether it's what you see, what you hear, what you touch, that moment it comes in sensory to you is that moment of choice, mm. and you can react. And what most people do is bring it in and react, yes. bring it in, react. Yeah. Whereas when you bring it in and you just hold it, even for a second, you can choose how to react to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And that's why I choose to react in a way of what can I do for me, not what is he doing, what is she doing, how can they do? Uh, All you're doing is avoiding. Hmm. When I've looked at some of the things you do, you talk about, um, it's not necessarily mental health, but actually getting back on track. You guide people in that way or? I think... I think I facilitate them guiding themselves. Yeah. Uh, coaching's really about me facilitating your thought processes. Hmm. Uh, if I'm in the full coaching sense, uh, I do also do mentoring, hmm. which is a different thing again. And mentoring is really if I've walked in your shoes doing whatever you've done, then there's maybe some advice I can give hmm. that may help you. You can take it or you can leave it. It makes no odds. I, d- I don't attach myself. Or, this is the other thing. You know, I gave her the advice and she never took it. And mm. look at what happened. <laughs> it's okay. like, and? <laughs> so, you know, again, whatever I give out is entirely up to you to decide whether you want it or not. Take responsibility I'm not going for to, it. I, yeah, to, mm. take full responsibility for yourself. I'll take full responsibility of giving what I can. 
but I'm not then going to take the responsibility of whether you act on it or not. Mm. So there is that element. Uh, there is also the coaching element, which is really me asking questions. Mm. And that really is. And, and if I had a dollar for every time someone has said to me, do you know, Mag, you're absolutely right. And all I've done is ask a question. Mm. I'd be Don't a billionaire uh, yeah. by now. <laughs> I, I see it when we talk. <laughs> So, so yeah, it, the questions the seem more is, powerful sometimes yes, than the actual answer. Absolutely. You don't need an answer, no. and the, quite often the answers are new. Yeah, done. yeah. No, that's fantastic. I, I appreciate that. So, something I was thinking about today and and yesterday was um, when I was looking at my my guest speakers on on um, the well-being bean. They're all local. They're all customers of mine. They're all influential. <laughs> They're all important people that that seem to make a difference to people's lives, and and it was very odd because I've originally when I started this I wanted to reach out to people who are naturopaths and and natural health practitioners, but there seems to be a much um, more um, interlinked or interwebbed relationship <laughs> that I have with my customers and until I start talking to them and which I do quite often the communication lines are open very very quickly when somebody walks in and we know what they do where they live all those sorts of things what coffee they have most importantly Obviously. um and uh and that was something that struck me that that we have in just this small area in Ormo we haven't even scraped mm. what everybody does yet yeah but we've got a, a, an amazing array of people who, who just have so much to give. And, and I know that you're um, into physics and yeah. uh, the quantum, quantum physics. physics. And is that, do you think that's part of it? When you say I'm into, I am into it. I can't <laughs> say I'm an expert no. uh, at quantum physics. Uh, but it certainly has well, I'm glad to see I'm not an expert in quantum <laughs> physics. That would blow my mind. I, I, I have a very keen interest in how the body works, along with metaphysics, as, as well as the minds. Um, so the three brains that we have in our body. And for those who are listening and that don't know we have three brains, I'm not talking met metaphorically. Not I'm like males have two brains. No, they, well, <laughs> male, males have four brains. Oh. Most of the rest of us have three. <laughs> Wonder where that yeah. is. <laughs> uh, so I'm talking about real anatomical brains that are sitting in our body. And right. the worst thing of all is that we only use one part, which is our head brain. Um, or we think we're using them. We think that's the the full the cranium is the place that everything happens in and in actual fact the mind is outside the brain it's not even inside and when it comes to the others just in case those are going oh, what brains what brains yeah, what are you talking yeah. about um we have our heart brain mm -hmm. uh, and we also have a gut brain and there's a lot of you see a lot in science and various other things at the moment on the the gut brain and not as much on the heart mm. but that'll come yeah. um now, my, all of my work actually aligns all three brains. And when it comes to how we function in those, the, both the heart brain and the gut brain speak in uh, feel. 
right? They right. don't speak in language, they speak in feel. So Whereas, how do you feel about yeah, this? Yeah. You, yeah. So, so when you say how do you feel about this, a lot of people go straight to the head brain yeah. and speak from the head, yeah. right? Whereas when somebody says, how do you feel? I actually go down to my gut brain and I go, how do you feel? And it usually no. feels it yeah. and then it translates to my brain. Right. So I'll take time and then I'll move to my heart brain and say, how do you feel? So I do a lot of decision-making through these three brains mm. and aligning them rather than just... And you'll hear it. I mean, And that's, I guess, instant, instinct, sorry, instinctual because yeah. in terms of when we were way, way back, yep. that's what we'd go on. Our gut feeling, Feel. something's wrong. Yep. We're not sure what it is. We'll be careful. Yep. So, well, if you take a, a typical example of when it would go wrong for me is when I would be interviewing staff and we would have criteria, we'd be sitting, putting everything down and you would have a couple of people that were really close and there was this one person who scored maybe one more or sitting around about the same and you go... I don't know, there's something about that person. I can't put my finger, so we're going to have to give them it because they're one point more. And then you'd take them in, and within a day, a week, a month, you knew why mm. that wasn't right. Yeah. Um, and it was all instinctual. But so because you, so it was subjective, another, yeah. we would then go, oh, well, I, we can't, because we've got to be objective, especially if it was HR terms. Mm. We must be objective on this. Yeah. When, in actual fact, I actually wasted a lot of money uh, because it co- it, that, in those days it would cost me 22 grand pounds-wise just to get somebody, by the, by the time we actually inter- well put the, uh, the job interview out, the, sorry, the job um, status out, then the interview, then bringing them in, then the training, yeah. then, 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 it was about 22 grand. Yep. And then I would lose them within a month because I'd made the wrong choice. So is there room there to put, when you're doing interviews, to actually put a box that says gut feeling? Can um, you utilise that or is that something that you can't well, use in HR? Well, I would say most companies would say no because, mm. you know, HR policy is... right. But the way that I do it is through values. Mm. So I would start... I was shy at... Interviewing. That's right. Australian shit. So I was shy at uh, actually interviewing at the beginning. Yep. Really, really not good whatsoever. Then competency based interviews come in. It was like, yeah, yeah, these are good because you were asking questions like, can you give me an example of when you've done? Not mm-hmm. have you done? Because the bullshitters of this world will easily talk their way into a job yep. with that one. So they were really good, but I was still making mistakes until I actually brought in the values-based questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, So when you deal with values, they sit in the gut area. So if you imagine this big triangle that runs right along your belly button, mm-hmm. all the way up to the top of your head, mm-hmm. and in between that, you've got three areas. So you've got the gut, you've got the heart, and you've got the head. Mm-hmm. Okay, The gut is where your values sit. You can feel when you go against your values. Mm. You know it. Gut instinct. Uh Mm. That's the whole bit. So for the brain, the head brain, to understand that, it needs to have the language of it. So the more that you actually understand what your your core values are, Mm. the easier life becomes. Mm. Then you've got purpose, which sits in your heart. So what is my purpose? Yeah, right. Right? 
so that so it's on on purpose so if i was working for a company who didn't share my values and i did at one point in time it taught me massively about not doing that again and you find that when something isn't right sometimes we'll keep ourselves in there why god only knows well i do i've got theories on that um but we then make up stories about we can't leave because of this. And I stayed for two years in a company that didn't share my values. And it was the hardest two years of my life. I made it again to the top, but that's not the point. I, I really should have cut and run way earlier. They taught me a lot about going with my, my gut, going with my values. So when I know what my values are, my head knows it, it doesn't go against it. Mm. So when I ask value-based questions... I can also check in because my head knows why I'm asking those. If you are going to do something and you're going to make a decision over something, if you know what your values are, it's really easy, easy for your head decision. to go, that's a value to yeah. you, so you're not doing that. Yeah. Whereas when I was taking people on, the head was going, you need to do that because there's this. Mm. Whereas when I had value-based questions, I would ask those and those were the tipping point for whether they were right for the company or right for our team. I think right now um, is probably a very good time for people to, to reset their values. So much is Massively. going on. So much is going on. And I think that to take a check, it's almost like a health check. I think people mistake the values thing for this, you know, they've got a set of values on a wall. Mm. You know, and, and a lot, I mean, it was great way back, at, you know, the, the teachings that came out of corporate on values were great at the beginning, but then they were bastardized, didn't they? Just, I remember my boss once asking me, Max, can you tell us what the values are of the company? And I went, um, um, hang on. And it, I went, teamwork? Yeah. Um, um, Creativity, yeah. Um, and I was struggling big time. And I went through, there was eight values the company had. Integrity, always been in there. Trust, you know, there was all, and I was making them up. And she said, yeah. And I never got one of them wrong. <laughs> so it's not that, yeah. right? Our values, one, they change over time. Yeah, uh, and we have different, so I have a, I have a, course called decision making made easy an online mm -hmm. course and in that online course you learn to do a little exercise that gets that out of you so that you know what your values are now when i was a kid my values were a bit different from when i was sure. an adolescent yeah. to an adult to now yep. so you you look and you go what are my values what is my purpose mm. and what's my vision? And that vision should be 10 years, not a yearly vision. Because mm. right? you could be off in the wrong direction if you don't know what your 10-year vision is. Right now, we have such a great opportunity in getting to know me. Mm. And I'll, I'll guess there's going to be quite a few people that miss that opportunity, Dan. Oh, absolutely. But it, it's also, you know, the people are try, you know, at home, working from home, they're starting to think, wow, I'm spending two hours, three hours traveling every day. I'm mm. missing my kids. I'm actually getting quality time with my kids. Yep. Hopefully this is what we're getting, a reset. Um, and and to, to actually start to um, prioritize 
those things, I think, will certainly help people's headspaces because there's a lot of crap going on. Yep. And, and as a result, I think people are going to be in very tight situations and bad headspaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to, to get back to that check and, and um, as you were talking about, you know. Um, I think the, the thing that I can't say I worry about it, I don't worry about much, to be honest. <laughs> I keep myself away from that. But I think about people who are thinking exactly those thoughts at the moment who will just allow it to go back to old normal because they're going to struggle in the new normal. Because mm. things have changed. Uncomfortable. Things have changed massively mm. and they will keep changing. It's not, this, this isn't finished. This, mm. this isn't, you know, even if we found a vaccine and it was taken this hasn't finished this mm. is still going on and will go and it could mutate so it's now time to look at what do i really want in life what what what, what am i here to do and then to look at right okay i can facilitate that in what way mm. uh, and we can do it in all sorts of ways we get we allow the worry to get in over, well, oh, well, I can't do that because... That's why I say go 10 years out, because there is no money, no contacts, nothing can get in the way of, well, I can't do that in 10 years out, but you can if it's a year or three years or five years. It becomes too hard. Uh, yeah, so mm. by taking all of that away, you can really go to, what do I really, in 10 years' time, what do I really want my life to have been? Mm. And, and for me, every single year, in between Christmas and New Year, Paul and I go away to a nice hotel and we spend the day there doing our vision value purpose. Mm, wow. We do the decision-making made easy every single year. And that's your course? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and on top of that, if there's a big event happens, if something massive happens yeah, in, in life, life yeah. I will also go straight to it for that as well. Because mm. I never know when my values are changing. Mm. No would it? No would we? No, until you sit down and have a look mm. yourself. Right. Okay. Well, that's been fantastic, Max. It's really shed some light on on a lot of areas. Um, uh, you can go to your course, and it's available online. Or yep. Uh, depending on when you listen to this, it's also going to be chopped as far as costs concerned as oh. well. Yeah, so uh, if you're lucky, you might get in there. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, I'll put an attachment to. A link, um, yep. Yeah, that will give you where you can find that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just an easy way. I mean, you can find vision value purpose stuff you'll find online, you know, lots of different places. It's just what this does is it pushes it down. It's called Decision Making Made Easy, the six easy steps cool. uh, basically to make decisions for you right every time the way you do that is actually by exploring these three areas and they've got really easy exercises that that just comes out of you rather than you sit and trying to yeah. find something on the net and then working out is this the right thing for me or what's happening this just allows it to come out so yeah i'll, I'll put a little link um or i'll give you a link to pop in fantastic for we'll do anybody that listening well, Mags Bell, it's been brilliant having a wee chat to you. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm very grateful you're coming on the program. Broad Aussie accent there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, it's been an absolute delight. And anybody who is interested in what I call my wee gems, your wee gems, um, you'll find me on Facebook under Creating Powerful Results. 
Uh, so you can find me there and also creatingpowerfulresults.com. Uh, those are the, the two areas. I'm also on Instagram on the same one too. So anybody who wants to plow in and say hi, feel free. And um, all I've got to say is from me for now, stay true, stay you and keep bringing out your brilliance, Dan. Oh, thanks, Max. This episode of The Wellbeing Bean has been recorded on the Gold Coast at Noigo Espresso Lounge and Coffee Roastery. This production has been produced by Brisbane Podcasting Centre. Before we go, if you want to know more on The Wellbeing Bean, head to our website, freecaf.com, where you'll find all the latest information on our full-flavoured, chemical-free and caffeine-free coffee. You can order special blends online or single origin. You can also email us at info at freecaf.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps other listeners find out about us and it will also let you know when future episodes are available. You can also join us on social media by following us on Instagram and liking us on Facebook. You can also leave a comment about this week's topic. We're also open to suggestions on what you might like to know about caffeine-free coffee. So let us know your thoughts. We'll have another episode in two weeks. I'm Dan Salter, the coffee guy on the Gold Coast. Thanks for listening to The Wellbeing Bean, and I'll catch you soon.